Hi, and welcome to the Raven New Testament Church podcast. You are about to hear a powerful message. We hope that you are blessed and encouraged by this message today.
Amen. What a joy. Amen. That is going to be. Amen. One day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We, uh, we think we started out just fine. Don't worry about it. We'll get it in the right key later. We might sing it that song again before it's over with. Amen. Put it in a different key. Amen. But uh, good to be here tonight. Here Amen. Good to have each and every one of you with us uh, here. And, and again, I'm just going to share a few scriptures tonight. And I'm going to I'm going to step out of the way tonight. But uh, I'm going to come out of Psalms chapter number 107. Psalms chapter 107. I'm not going to, it's a, it's a little bit of a lengthy chapter uh, as, as the book of Psalms goes, but uh, Psalms chapter 107, I'm just going to read the first nine verses. I'm going to walk through these verses with us tonight. I'm going to kind of encourage us, amen, to lift up the name of Jesus, to testify the glory of his goodness, his mercy, and his grace for us tonight. So Psalm chapter 107, beginning at verse 1, the word of God says this, O give thanks unto the Lord. Amen. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? He gives us two reasons. Number one, for he is good. How many can agree that God is good tonight? What do we say? God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Amen. Number two, he said, because his mercy endureth forever. Amen. How many is glad tonight to know that God's mercy is everlasting? Amen. It never ends. Amen. Tonight. Verse number two, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Because whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Has God redeemed anybody here tonight from the hand of the enemy? Is anybody in here saved? Now I'm going to tell you this. Uh, amen. If you're in his place tonight and you did and you ain't saved and you did you heard that message this morning, amen, the pastor gave, amen. There's going to be an opportunity tonight, amen, to find you an old-fashioned altar and get saved. Uh, amen. Because I'm going to tell you what, uh, if you can sit through that message this morning and not be convicted, uh, of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Power of God. Uh, amen. You're a stronger person than I am. I'm going to tell you what. Uh, he preached it about as plain as anybody could ever preach it. Uh, it's time we get uh, right with God. Uh, it's time we stay right with God. Uh, and it's time we do it now. Amen. Verse 3, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul faded in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Some of y'all, amen, was been, have been in some distresses and God's delivered you, amen, out of them, amen. Uh, God wants to hear your praise tonight. God wants to hear your testimony tonight, amen. The devil don't want to hear your testimony tonight. Don't, get the, don't give the devil what he wants. Uh, give God what he needs, amen, tonight. Verse 7, and he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Verse 8, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Come on, somebody. Paul's right there just a minute. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. God's been so good to me. I could stand here all night. Y'all get to hear me. Amen. Too much, Robbie. Y'all get to hear me all the time. Tell about all the goodness of God. I'm going to hear about your, amen, your, your word. Amen. I want to hear what God's done for you in your life. Amen. Tonight. Amen. The wonderful works that he's done. Amen. You're like, I'll tell you the last time we did this, amen, I learned some things about our church members that I did not even know. Amen. I heard some testimonies come forth and people talk about the troubles and the, and the struggles and the things that they had been through in their life and I had no clue they had been through those things. 
Amen. But it was a strength to me, amen, to know that, you know what, amen, I, I looked up to those people as, as uh, you know, pillars in the church and, uh, and elders in the church. And you know what, if, if they've struggled through some things in their life and they've come through some troubles and trials and some, and, and some really rough patches in their life, amen, and they can stand, uh, amen, today and you can't really tell it, amen, because, uh, amen, there's a smile on their face and there's a glory, there's a, amen, there's an anointing on their lives, amen, you can't really tell what they've been through, uh, amen, but you just see the glory of God. I, I said, uh, amen, that, that gives me hope and strength to know I can get through what I'm going through and face what I'm going through uh, and I can do it in grace and I can do it in victory in Jesus name amen oh that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men verse 9 for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness what a God we serve so give God a praise amen you know the verse I mean it's Revelation chapter number 12 verse number 11. I know it's talking about a specific group there in the book of Revelation, but the Bible says, and they overcame him, the devil, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Uh, amen. If you'll I mean, be willing tonight, I mean, to give your testimony, share what God's done in your heart and in your life. Amen. You'll, you'll be an overcomer tonight. I mean, you're going to give the devil a black eye, and that's what we want to do in this service. Amen. Tonight. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Amen. I'm going to invite Sister Rhonda to come on up tonight. Amen. Share her testimony. Amen. I want y'all to worship God with her. Y'all get it. If y'all, hey. It don't matter if it's Sister Rhonda or, amen, Sister Minnie back there, whoever. When they get to testifying, if you feel the Holy Ghost and you feel the power of God, get up and shout with them. Amen. It's all right. That's what we want to do tonight. Let's have a good time. Amen. In the Lord. Sister Rhonda. Well, first of all, I just want you to know this is a God thing because this ain't a Rhonda thing. It makes me really uncomfortable to get up here in front of people and talk. But after Brother Tony preached that message the other night, that I know what God has told me to do. And if he called me to do it, he'll equip me to do it. So I'm just going to tell about a few things that God has done for me throughout my life. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I tried to write it down so that I wouldn't get ahead of myself. But I just want to tell about it, just a few things. I, there's no way I can sit up and tell you everything that God has ever done for me. But I'm going to start with the things that, that he's done for my three children. Whenever Megan was, she was probably eight, nine years old, she had this big knot that come up on her face. And I was scared to death. And I was, I was worried about it. But I couldn't let Megan know that I was worried because Megan has always been a worrier. But she's like, Mom, I don't want to go to the doctor. She said, God's going to heal me. So, you know, I struggle with that. Do I destroy her faith and make her go to the doctor or I just keep praying and trusting God? Brother Bubba probably don't even remember this, but he came to our church and for Dayton, he ran a revival there. Anybody, somebody would come, Megan would go up and let him pray for her. And one morning, Megan got up, and that thing was just gone. And, you know, I had even took one of the, either Collie or Jacob to the doctor during that time, and the doctor even said, what is that on her face? And I'm like, God's going to take care of it. And I wouldn't let, you know, because I didn't want to destroy Megan's faith. But God took care of it. To this day, I have no idea what it was, but it was on Megan for months. But God took care of it, whatever it was. I know that it was God. And because of that, I've seen that faith in her just grow and grow and grow. Another thing that God did for Kylie, Kylie was having some issues with her kidneys. We went down and saw a kidney specialist down in Fairhope. 
And they wanted to do a test to her, and Kylie was little. I cannot imagine letting them do that to my little baby girl. And I said, is there anything else that you can do before we go to that extreme? Well, to start with, you know, they wanted to kind of argue with me, and I'm like, is there anything? So they said, well, we're going to do this one test, but if this doesn't work, then we have no choice but to do the other. So we went in, and they had her on the little table laying up there, and they was doing the test. And he said, you look, you see this on the screen? He said, that kidney is not working. He said, it's not working. And he said, I said, well, you just try it one more time. And my sister was sitting out in the, in the waiting room, and I walked in the stomach, head out the door, and they said, they said her kidneys is not working. I said, y'all pray. Come on, man. We went back, and then I told Kylie, I said, Kylie, we're going to pray. Me and her grabbed hands, and we started praying. And on that screen, you seen that kidney start working. My baby ain't had no more trouble with her kidneys. That was a God thing. That wasn't a Rhonda thing. That wasn't because I was nobody. That was because he's everything. Whenever Jacob was a little bitty feller, they told me that he had asthma. And I said, we don't accept that. And that doctor looked at me like I was crazy. And we went on home, and I said, we don't accept that you have asthma. He's never had asthma. Never had asthma. And this year he will be, I have to stop and think about it, but what, 24? He's never had no issue with it because God took care of it for him. And once again, it's not because Rhonda's anything, because I'm not. It's all about him. So this other thing, this has just really been on my mind, but God give me a scripture. It's Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them that are called according to his purpose. And, you know, once again, that's not about who I am. That's not about who you are. It's all about who he is. But I just want to just kind of talk to you from my heart for a few minutes. I, I worked. I had a job. I worked there for 12 years, a little over 12 years. I gave that job everything I had. I missed time being with my family. I missed where I couldn't come to church because I was always working. For me to get off at 5 o'clock, I thought I got off work early. I mean, it was nothing for me to work 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night. Weekends, I was always working. Well, when all this coronavirus stuff started, they furloughed our jobs. So we was, you know, we was off, and, and I stayed in contact with some of the people that I was working with, and they said, well, we heard we're going to get an email today telling us when we're going to come back to work. And I'm kind of a storyteller, so I had to kind of lay it out the way it happened. But, um, so, you know, I was looking to get that email. So off and on all day long, I would check my emails, looking for, you know, never did get an email, never did get an email. And we were all together. All three of my babies were there. No, they're not babies, but they're my babies. We were all at my mama's house, and we was, then we was all outside. And one of the girls I worked with, she, she called me. She said, hey, I just got my email talking about when we're going to go back to work. And I said, well, I ain't got one yet. I said, I checked my email again. So I did. I still didn't have one. Didn't think a whole lot about it. And then a little while later, someone else I worked with said, hey, I got, they text me, hey, we got my email. I'm thinking, what's going on? So I never did get, you know, no email, so I would sit there for a little while. And finally, I decided that I'm going to text my supervisor and find out, hey, was I not supposed to get an email? So I did. Well, she didn't contact me back. About 15 minutes later, the director of HR called me. And she said, well, we're going to call you tomorrow and let you know, but you no longer have a job. And I, was, I think it just kind of shocked me for just a little bit. And, you know, I was thinking, I told her, I said, 
Everybody in that apartment, I've been there longer than them people. I trained all them people. And yet she really didn't have nothing to say to me other than, well, I'm sorry. Which to me was a slap in my face. And, you know, when I was working there and I, you know, when I was giving them all my time and doing everything, there were jobs would come open that I could move up into a higher position. They said, oh, you don't have the degree to do that. You can't do that. But I still trained those people to take those positions. And, you know, I was just, I was hurt. I was so hurt. And then I was mad. And I was just like, I don't understand. And I would pray. I would try to pray about it, but I just couldn't because I was just so upset about it. Well, that evening when she called and she told me that, all three of my babies were there. They come up to me and they said, Mom, it's going to be okay. Amen. They said, Mom, it's going to be all right. And they started using the words I have told them through the years back on me. And that's when you know that you feel like you finally done something right. Amen. They said, Mama, you've always taught us to don't nothing surprise God. Right. And God's got this. Yes. Mama, God's got you. And all three of them stood with me, and they encouraged me, and they supported me. But all along, you know, there were some days that I had, you know, some of my days was okay, but some of my days I was just mad. And I just wanted to call down there and just tell them exactly what I thought about them people for what they did to me. But God told me, God spoke to me, he said, don't you dig up the seeds that you planted after all them years that you working there. So I'm like, well, God, you're going to have to help me. Because it was tough. I mean, I, was, I feel like I was doing wrong. But as time went on, you know, I was trying to find a job, and I would have some good days and some bad days. And they just kept saying, Mom, it's going to be okay. God's got you. God's got you. So Matt had told me that there was, um, there was a job open with the county. And he said, it's in the finance department. So anyway, I went on there, and I applied for the job. And I was just kind of like, you know, okay, so I did. Well, then they called me. They wanted to set up a phone interview, so we had a phone interview. And they said, we'll let you know something, you know, just hold up and wait. So later that week, they emailed me, and they wanted to do it, me to come in for an interview. And I did, and it was on a Tuesday. So I went in on the Tuesday. We had our interview. And they said, it's probably going to be about two weeks before we make a decision. They said, but you'll hear something from us either way. And I said, Okay. So on the Thursday evening, I was sitting out in the yard. Me and Kylie had been sitting outside, and my phone rang. And it was Baldwin County, and it was the uh, Human Resources. And they offered me the job. Yeah. And I was just, you know, they told me it was going to be two weeks. It was two days. And I was just sitting there, and I was just overwhelmed. And I told Kylie, I said, I'm just overwhelmed that God loved me that much. You know, there was jobs all along that would come up in the other place that I worked that they said, oh, you're not qualified for. And they knew me, and they knew my work. But these people took a chance on me, and they gave me the job that, that man said, you can't do, but God said, yes, you can. God gave me that job. So I had to wait about a month before I got to go to work, and I went to work, and I've been working there for six weeks now. I go to work at 8 o'clock, I leave at 4.30. I feel like every day I'm getting off work early, like I'm, I'm not used to that. But I mean, it was just a God thing. I love, my, I love what I'm doing. I like the people that I work with. And once again, this ain't about Rhonda, because Rhonda didn't do this. This is God. God did this. But I just want you to know that whenever God says, when, when God says yes, man can't say no. And even though those people tried to keep me knocked down and, and say you can't, God said yes, you can. 
And, you know, God has kind of showed me. He said, them people didn't do it to you. I did it for you. And sometimes that's tough. But, you know, sometimes God wants them little birds to fly out of that nest, and that mama has to kind of push it out of that nest. And I feel like that's what God was doing. He said, it's time for you to spread your wings and fly. And he knew that Rhonda wasn't going to go nowhere until he pushed me out of that nest. And me standing up here behind this pulpit is God pushing me out of that nest because I know that God's got greater things for me to do. And I want to just do what he wants me to do and be pleasing unto him. This ain't about me. I just, I just thank God for my family always being there for me. I thank God for my church family because y'all supported me. Y'all encouraged me. I thank God for that. And everybody that knows anything about me, they know that Facing the Giants is my most favorite movie of all time. If y'all got it, we'll go watch it right now. I love that movie. But there's one, there's, there's, I, every time Kylie laughs at me because I say, that's my favorite part. She said, Mama, you said the whole movie is your favorite part. And, and it probably is. But one, one part of the movie, she looks at, the, at her husband and she says, Grant Taylor, tell me what's too hard for my God. He said, nothing. So that's what I want y'all to know. There's nothing too hard for our God. Because if, because if we love him and we're called according to his purpose, nothing is too hard for our God. I tell you what, uh, you know, that's just a, just a glimpse and I know that was a, a pretty, you know, that was dire straits right there. You know, when you lose your job, I know, I know what a man feels whenever, you know, you don't have a job or you feel like you're not going to be able to provide for your family. You know, through my illness, I think I've shared that with you before, um, through my illness, you know, it, it worried me that I wouldn't be able to provide for my family or I wouldn't be able to. You know, and it does something inside your brain, you know, whenever, you know, I know we're, we're Christian people and we're, we're sold out to God, we should be, um, and we know God's got it in his hands, but you know, in our minds sometimes, we just can't come to the reality of it, say, Lord, what am I going to do, what am I going to do, how am I going to pay my bills, or how am I going to, I mean, I've been right there, Sister Rhonda, I know, I know right what you felt, felt like, you know, I know, I knew you were, you were waiting on God. But, you know, there, there was always that, you know, I, I think God blesses those who try to help themselves as well. You know what I'm talking about. So you were, you were in a situation right there, and you, and you relied on God, and God came through for you. You know, and he'll do that every time. He'll do that in every situation, no matter what your situation is. No matter what you come up against, no matter what, you, what, you, uh, what, what comes against you in life, if you apply the blood of Jesus to it. It'll work itself out one way or the other. And you might not think it's coming in your timing. Just like you said, I mean, it was, it was weeks and it was, it was uh, running into months before you got the job. But whenever, whenever, whenever God found that right job for you, it went like clockwork, didn't it? And you're there, you're there, you've been there six months, it'll be six years before you know it. If the Lord, if the Lord tarries, I, I will say, but... But it's a good thing that, that you did find your job, and, I, and we were praying for you. We, my wife and I, my wife and I, we, we called your name out uh, many a time, praying for you, praying for your situation, because we know, I know how, I know how, uh, how that situation is. You know, we knew how important it was to you to get that job back. 
I want to, it's open mic night. You know, there's ones in here, there's ones in here that, <clears throat> you know, I, I've heard, I've heard bits and pieces of, of where you came from. I've told you chunks of where I came from. And I got a little more to share with you, but I ain't going to hog the mic tonight. This is all about, this is all about the body of Christ tonight. This is all about, it's all about us tonight. It's all about uplifting our Lord tonight. Who's going who's gonna to be next to say something where God's brought him from? You don't, you don't have to walk up here. I'll bring you a microphone. Uh, you don't even have to use a microphone, but, but I wish you would because, you know, where everybody could hear you. Who's gonna? Who'll be next? There she is. Mom, can you have my purse on your side or Janice's side? Can you get my phone out of it, please? Bring it to me, please. I'll take care of it from here, Mama. Thank you. I'll have to be honest. Sister Rhonda could have kept going. That was some good stuff that she was saying. Um, everything that she was saying and all the verses that she was reading, I have been reading those verses. Um, I'm going to make this short as possible. But... um. It's been a rough year. It's been a rough year. I'm a crier, so I'm sorry. Um, everybody in here knows what happened to Bruce, who I considered my dad, a wonderful per person in my life that has instilled so much into me. Um, he is the reason um, for my nursing career. He's the reason for a lot of things. Um, and then after all of the tragedy that, we went through with him, um, not expecting to lose him as quickly as we did. Um, two months later, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, I, every day since I moved back home, I knew God moved me back home for a reason. Um, whether it was for trials or to support my mom or support Eric's family. I don't know, but God brought me back here for a reason. Um, so we went through chemo and radiation and all of that with my husband. And, and thank God his last PET scan was clear. Um, he, still can't, he still can't swallow. He has lots of swelling in his throat still and... He has to use a feeding tube, but I'm not even worried. Because if God can heal his cancer, God can help him to swallow. Um, 
I'm a nurse. I work at the emergency room at North Baldwin Hospital. Uh, since I started that job, um, it's tough working in the ER. It's tough working in any job setting, whether you're a nurse or a teacher or, or working in a factory or whether you're a stay-at-home mom. It's hard. It's hard work. Well, here lately I have been praying, God, because my schedule is bad, y'all. It is bad. I mean, I'll work two days, I'll be off one, and I'll work one, and I'll be off two, and it's just not consistent. It's just all over the place. And so every time my boss asks me to work, I'll do it. Every time she asks me to change my schedule, I'll do it. And mom and, and coworkers are, they're like, you're going to have to tell, you got to start telling Lisa no. You got to start telling her no. You just got to tell her, get somebody else to do it. And I've prayed and I prayed and I had, a, I had a job interview for a Monday through Friday job off weekends, but it didn't work out, and it was going to be a pay decrease, and, and I'm the only one supporting my family right now, and I just I couldn't take that. And so I was praying one night in, in my sunroom, and I was like, God, I'm tired. I am physically and mentally tired. I said, I, I need you to do something for me. And, I, and then I just, I felt so guilty. And I'm like, God, you've already, done, you've already done so much for me. I mean, he's blessed me with a home. He's healed my husband of cancer. And I'm complaining about being tired. And the only thing that God said to me was, serve, keep serving, keep serving. And I'm like, God, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I would get my Bible, and I would open my Bible up, and I would read about Job and about this person and that person, all everything that they went through. And then still doing the same thing, going to work, working, working days one week, working nights one, the next week. It's just been crazy here lately. And, but I was looking at the wrong people serving. I was reading about Job and, and all these other people that, went through stuff, and David, but I wasn't looking at, at Jesus. He's, he's the one that I should have been looking at because he served everybody he came across, everybody. He served them, and he did it without complaining. He did it without, without feeling guilty. I mean, he just did it because he loved them. Well, last week, just out of the blue, my nurse manager called, and she said, Renee, I hate to have to ask you this. She said, but um, I, need, I need to change your schedule. She said, can you go to night shift? I said, sure. She said, well, can you start tonight? I was like, what? Okay. So I went to night shift, and I worked. And then I got off working night shift and started back on day shift. And last Wednesday night, I, I left. Um, the house early and I came out here to talk to mom and I got out of the truck and she was just like you look terrible I said mom I'm tired I said I am tired and sitting in her house I was just sitting there falling asleep and she said Renee why don't you just go home just go home and go to bed because I had to work the next day she said just don't even go to church tonight just go home and go to bed I said mom I said, I have missed so much church. I said, I need to go to church. She said, but you've got to have rest, Renee. You can't keep going like you're going. So I went home, 
And on my way home, I just bust out crying in my truck. I said, God, <laughs> I'm serving. <laughs> I'm doing exactly what you tell me to do. I mean, every time my boss asks me to do something, I do it without complaining. I work, but I'm tired. I'm just tired. And I said, and I'm missing church. I said, I need something done to my schedule. And no sooner than I got that out of my mouth, my phone rang, and it was my nurse manager. And my very first thought was, oh, God, she's going to change my schedule. <laughs> and uh, she said, Renee, do you have a minute to talk? I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, first of all, I just want to thank you for everything that you've been doing. She said, I want to thank you for your willingness to help me whenever I need it. I said, well, thank you. You're welcome. And she said, when you get to work tomorrow, I want you to come in my office. I want to talk to you about something. I said, okay. So I got to work, went in her office, and she said, um, do you like your schedule? And I'm thinking, no. <laughs> but I didn't want to say that. I said, I love my job. I love working here. I love what I do. And I said, I'm going to do whatever you need me to do. And she said, well, this is what I need you to do. She said, I have a night shift position open, charge nurse. You won't have to take patience. I just need you to be here to make sure everything's going right. And she said, and it's during the week, you will not have to work weekends. And I said, seriously? I said, really? She said, yes. She said, you won't have to work weekends. She said, you'll get to go to church. She said, you'll be on a three-day schedule. And she said, if you want it, I'll give it to you. She said, but it's night shift. And I asked her, and she knows I pray about everything. I said, Lisa, can I go home and pray about it? She said, absolutely. She said, I wouldn't have wanted you to answer me right now anyway. So I went home, and I talked to Eric about it, and I talked to the girls about it. I called Mama, and I called Ashley. I have to call everybody because I have to make sure this is right. And Mom said, you do what you feel like you need to do. She said, I just want you to have some time off. I want you to have more than one day off at, at a time. She said, but you do, like, you do whatever you feel like you need to do. So I went back and talked to Lisa again, and she goes, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you this. She said, um, it's a $5 pay increase. She said, and infirmary health is getting merit raises, so you'll get a raise on top of that. I said, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. But I just, I just want to tell you that it does not matter what you are waiting on what you are praying about, what you need in your life. Keep waiting and keep serving, keep serving. And the verses that I would read constantly, this, this one verse I would constantly read is Psalms 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And Peter 3 and 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. I may have felt like God was slow. I may have felt like God was slow answering my prayer and, and helping me out with this, but he wasn't. He is an on-time 
God. His time is different than my time. And he's never late, never late. He knew exactly what I needed when I needed it. And I cannot tell you how thankful I am for God. He has brought me and my family through so much. And even though it seems like since I moved here, because when I moved here three years ago, the day that I moved here, the very next day, my stepmother died unexpectedly. And I mean, from there, it just seems like all bad stuff has been happening. And I don't know if it's all this has been happening to increase my faith, to increase my mother's faith. I know where my stepdad is. I know where he is. But I'm telling you tonight, it does not matter what's going on in your life. It does not matter what, how you're feeling depressed. Um, wait, keep waiting on God. Keep serving Keep thanking God every day. And that's another thing I did. I would get up in the morning time, and I would be getting ready for work, and I would say, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know when you're going to do it, but thank you. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do in my life because I know it's coming. But I just, I just want God to know how thankful I am for him and for everything he's done for me. And I feel like I fail him daily. I feel like I never pray enough. I feel like I never read my Bible enough. And what Sister Tabitha said hit home to me this morning. But he is such an on-time God. So I'm going to leave you with this. You, he's an on-time God, yes, he is, oh, on-time God, yes, he is. Job said he may not come when you want it, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Put your hands together and clap with me. You can ask the children of Israel, trapped at the Red Sea, by that mean old Pharaoh and his army. They had water all around them, and Pharaoh on their tracks. But out of nowhere, God stepped in and made a highway just like that. Let me tell you, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Oh. Oh, 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 oh,
delicious five loaves of bread. And what a miracle he performed for the multitude. And what he did way back then he'll do today for me and you. Let me tell you he's an old time God. Yes, he is. Oh, Sister Renee, uh, I don't know if you believe this or not, but but uh, we could all tell that God was working in your life because you started sharing uh, your daily devotionals. You may not you may not thought everybody read it, but it did. We seen that God was moving in your life. We seen God had had your situation under control. Did did y'all? I mean, y'all seen all of her devotionals, right? Her daily devotionals every day on the app. You know that's what's good about the app. You know. A lot of times, you know, you can feed off of each other's strengths, you know, in that way. We're a body of Christ. Whenever my, whenever I'm down, whenever I'm weak, you might be strong that day. You, it might be a strong day for you. You might be giving your devotional that day. So that day, you're holding me up, you know. We got to hold each other up like that. We got we to gotta keep helping each other. I appreciate you sharing that, and that's another prime example of God taking care of your finances. He, he touched your life all the way through in your testimony, what you just gave. He, he touched every aspect of your life, not just your finances, but he touched your health. You know, because believe it or not, <clears throat> some jobs can be bad for you. Some jobs can be, I mean, if you're working that number of hours, and like Sister Rhonda witnessed as well, you know, she was spending time away from her kids, and she was, she was giving her whole heart and life to this company. For them not to even have the courtesy just to give her a phone call. You know, give her a phone call and say, hey, you know, you didn't make it through. I mean, I know a lot of people that didn't make it through COVID transitions. You know, that's what they call it. You know, there's a lot of people, but but call me. You know, I spent my whole life giving you my time. You know, just call me. 
you know, and I and Sister Rhonda, I thank you for your testimony. I thank you. I tell you, that was a great that was a great story there, and that was a great uh, ending there as well. Beautiful song, a lot of power. So who's gonna be next? I'm 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 excited to hear who who's next. You could get in the closet and start digging up bones, ain't you? I want everybody to hear this, bro. I'm sorry, y'all. I can't stand up when my leg hurts. But anyways, I... The courts told me, well, people told me the courts ain't going to give you your son. That was, you know, he was four, just about five. And then I got custody of him, and I, you know, I raised him. And, and I just thank God for that. I, and, he, and, you know, I waited 11 years for, I prayed a long time for my wife. I didn't just take any person that come along. And Sister Raymer told me right over there, says, God's going to send her to you. I, I see it, and I know she is. And I just thank God everything he's done for me. And. You know, mama passed away, and I just thought that was just, why, God? Why did you take my mama from me? But then I couldn't blame God because my mama, she was a Holy Ghost-filled Christian. And I don't know, no, I know there's only one perfect person that ever walked this earth, and that was Jesus Christ. But if anybody else could be just perfect, my mama was one of them. And I'm not saying that because my mama, I real, every one of y'all knew my mama. But then I went on with my life, and and I just get to now. Recently, March 16th, I wrecked like I killed myself. And I just thank God that he saved my soul, that he saved my life. When that truck quit rolling, and I climbed out of that, well, somebody helped me out of the truck, and I was sitting down on the ground, and I seen that hole in my leg. I didn't say thank you, God. I didn't, you know, I didn't. I was in pain, but the first thing I'd done when I'd seen that I wasn't dead and I was still breathing, I said, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Please, because if I'd have died that night, I'd be burning in hell right now. And I just thank God that he's moved on me. I ain't been able to work right now, but it all worked out with, you know, stuff I took out on my job that I'm able to, you know, have money coming in each month, and I just thank God for it. And y'all just keep praying for me that I'll keep progressing and, and my wife, we just we we love we love working and love the Lord. We love each other. And we love the church. We thank y'all. I tell you, I don't know if I don't know if each and every one of y'all y'all did know Sister Gail. I, I think I think everybody did, but he was right. He was right. If I tell you, there's she she would give you she'd give you the shirt off her back. Never, never seen her get sideways with anybody. Never did, never did. And uh, she, she led, she led by example for your life. And you know, she was up there looking over you whenever you, whenever you turned upside down in that ditch. Chris, everybody in this room right here was praying for you too. You know, whenever, I mean, cause you, I mean, you, I used to look up. I used to look up. I still do. I used to look up to you a lot. I mean, you was, you was so on fire for God. You. You, 
you, I mean, every every opportunity, you stood up and you sung for God, and you you sung with with the greatest anointing. And I just want, I mean, you may not think so. I mean, none of us, none of us, we can all listen to us sing or whatever. And they say, oh, man, I can't believe somebody wants to hear me sing. Man, you sung with such anointing. And we all miss that. We seen, you know, not judging you, we all seen kind of, you know, you were kind of sidetracked for a little bit. Many of, many of us have done that. But you're back now. You're back home. You're back home. God, God said, come on back here, boy. Let me dust you off. You know, you ain't got to eat at the hog trough, you know, like the prodigal son uh, was, was having to consider. You know, prodigal son came on home. And what did he say? What did the father say when he got home? Let's kill the fatty calf. Let's put a ring on his finger. Get my son something to eat. That's what happened, ain't he, whenever he invited you back in. That night, I mean, you survived that for a reason, Chris. This is your second opportunity. You know, a lot of a lot of people don't get second opportunities. You know, I've had my own second opportunities. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't get them. You know, and like you said, had had, had that situation not worked out the way it did and, and gave you a space, gave you a window of repentance, where, where might you might be spending eternity tonight? You know, that's what's so important tonight. That's what the question is tonight. You know, have you made it all right? Are you all right? Are you sold out in your heart? You know, are you just playing games? I mean, you can you can come here every time those doors swing open, and you can sit there as long as you want to, and you can hear every message from now until the Lord comes, and you can still miss heaven. You really can. Who's going to be next? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm not much for public speaking. I do most of my work, as some of you follow me on every day, on uh, on my little pages and everything on Facebook. But I want to relate a little story of the birth of my daughter. This goes back a number of years. Seems like there's children is taken. Uh, it's been mentioned several times already. So uh, God's dealt with me all evening about this. So I I told him I didn't want to, and he said, Yes, you are. So here we are. <laughs> uh, my daughter, when it comes time for her to be born, her mother could not deliver. Uh, her water broke, but she never could deliver. And you will know why in just a few minutes. Uh, she laid in labor for hours at the Atmore Hospital. When uh, they finally, the doctor finally decided we can't wait any longer, we got to take her. So they took her. And uh, I was in the waiting room, and when he come out, he said, Mr. Cravey, he said, uh, we got a problem. He said, your little baby daughter has got a hole in the top of her head that I can take my two fingers and stick all the way down and touch her brain. There's no skull there to prevent it or whatever. He said, she's breathing. I don't know why. But uh, we cannot do anything for her here. We've got to transfer to Mobile. So as fast as they could get an ambulance there, uh, my sister was there. She was ha happened to be working at the hospital and that more at the time. And uh, she got her and got in the back of the ambulance. I more or less tied the front of my car to the bump, rear bump of the ambulance, and we hit it to Mobile kind of swiftly, you know. Uh, 
got to USA. They rushed her into the to check her out. And you know how it is when you're in an emergency room waiting area, uh, you're facing life or death situation. Seems forever before you ever get an answer. Finally, the doctor come out there and uh, he said, uh, are you the father of this small child being brought in? I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, what's supposed to be wrong with this child? I said, Doc, I said, uh, she's got a hole on top of her head that you can take your two fingers and st stick all the way down and touch her brain. He said, I just got off the phone with the doctor that sent her here from Atmore. He said, uh, I swore up and down you sent me the wrong child. He said, because there's no hole in her head. He said, we done run x-rays, scans, everything. He said, her skull is completely developed. He said, the only thing that I can see out of the ordinary, she's got a little red spot in the very top of her head, about the size of your two fingers. Uh, they kept her about three days to run further tests to make sure there was no problems. Uh, released her, let me bring her home. Uh, to make the story as short as possible, the sixth day of this month, she celebrated her 42nd birthday. How's that? How's that for what God will do? How's that for what God will do? I got my own little story about uh, about a child situation, and I ain't going to take much time. But uh, my son's standing back there, which y'all can see he's alive and well. Um, I tell you, I'm very proud of him. He, uh, he's been instrumental in, in my salvation as well. Uh, both he and my and my daughter-in-law as well, but uh, you know, whenever uh, Trina was pregnant with him, you know, we was all gathered. I mean, this is our first child. You know, we were young. You know, we were real young, too young. As a matter of fact, all the little kids and youngins here, we were way too young. But either way, God blessed us with a with with a uh, with a baby. So we was into the uh, the waiting room there. Been in, had been in the room back and forth with Trina, you know. That was before the time of the epidural, I might add, uh, to to put it in kind of perspective. She was doing, she was, she was handling it like a champ. Everything was going good, you know. It got that belt on you, and it got that heartbeat, cool, 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 cool. You know, everything was cool. But uh, <clears throat> you know, I'd, I'd go back out and I'd kind of update the group and I'd go back in there. And I think Brenda had been in there with Trina a few times. But the nurses got, got a little worried look on their face. One nurse even got up on top of Trina and was pushing on her. They were moving her around. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of par for the course. I, didn't, I don't know. I ain't never seen this before, you know. But it wasn't long. They said, we're going to have to ask you all to step out of the room. Well, got back to the waiting room. Uh, it was filled with... I think maybe even Sister Linda and Brother Rufus might have even been in there. I can't remember. But I know Sister Rammer was in there. I know Sharon was in there, Bubba, Brenda. And uh, I think Tapta was in there for sure. And, uh, you know, it wasn't long I seen Dr. McCoy, which was uh, the, the delivering doctor that day, shot by. And then um, uh, it wasn't long I seen him shoot back by with, 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 a, with a gurney. And I, I, th I think it was Trina, you know. So 
I mean, we 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 all just started. I mean, I remember that day. I, I remember Sister Raymer just screaming out to our Lord, screaming out to God that day, for 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 us to have a good report, for us to have a good report. Well, long story short, <clears throat> whenever they were climbed up on top of Trina, they had lost uh, Jacob's heartbeat. Dr. McCoy apologized to me after, uh, you know, after it was all said and done, you know, and it was, you know, she said, I only have a few minutes. She said, I had, I had minutes to get the baby out. You know, we was going to have a, a natural delivery, but they had to do an emergency C-section. His uh, umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck a couple times, I think, had uh, cut off of his, uh, his uh, breathing, had, had actually even stopped his heart. So I guarantee you, God can take care of a situation. He did that night. He did that night. He came on the scene, and here he is back here, a living, living testimony. I don't know. I think I think we've told Jacob that entire story before, but but son, you was you was touched by God at an early age. He uh, he he showed favor. He showed favor on you during that time. He really did. Sorry for that, but I had to jump in there on that one real quick. Uh, who's gonna be next? Who's gonna be next? Come on up here, brother. You've been mighty, you've been mighty patient. I shake a little bit too much to hold the mic. So I'm gonna have to have I got it fixed right. Hello. All right. Here we go. We're going uh, to sing a song first. It was a toss-up whether who was going to get to sing it. Me or old Jimbo. I must have beat him. <laughs> but I can't give you my testimony and then sing. I can't do that. I'll... Kind of like Sister Renee said, I'm a, I'm a crier too. That's the language that God understands. Amen. Well, but at any rate, I'm going to sing His Love Lights the Way. You ready? Wasn't it C? <laughs> See if he can find it. <laughs> See if you can find it. That's right. Y'all sing with a brother tonight. I've left the old paths that I've traveled so long. I'm happy, redeemed, and free of Jesus the Lord. I sing a sweet song. His love lies the way for me. His love lies the way that I travel today. I'm shouting the victory, my sadness is past, and I'm happy at last. His love lies the way for me, the pleasures of sin, how more I desire, no good in them now I see. 
the Spirit is set my being on fire. If love lies the way for me, His love lies the way that I travel today. I'm shouting the victory. My sadness is bad, and I'm happy at last. His love lies the way for me. He's Lord, come and strength to my soul, and faithful I'll ever be. The billows of grace down over me roll. Love lies the way for me. His love lies the way that I travel today. I'm shouting the victory. My sadness is past. And I'm happy at last. His love lies the way for me. His love lies the way that I travel today. I'm shouting the victory. My sadness is past. And I'm happy at last. His love lies the way for me. I'm happy at last. His love lies the way for me. Amen. The last little part, I messed it up, but it'll be all right. God knew what I was doing, even if I didn't. August the 5th, 1962, I pick at Mama all the time. I tell her, I said, God blessed you with me. I love my mama. And mama loves me. But I know that God loves me. Now, Growing up, I was mean. I got more whippings than most people can count. And I enjoyed them and then had, was entitled to every one of them. I promise you. Didn't have no idea that I'd be doing this right here, right now. Sister Rhonda talking about she couldn't speak in front of people. <laughs> I took on a role of being a Sunday school teacher. Thanks to Brother Bruce. He inspired me. Amen. He helped me to overcome that fear of talking in front of people. He said, don't worry about it. He said, just do it. Well, before I got up here to start speaking in front of people and teaching 
singing. Brother Tony, I tell you, I, <clears throat> I didn't shake bad then, but it seemed like I did because I couldn't even hold the book. God got me over it. This past Monday, August the 17th, six years ago, I put that lady, I love you. I put that lady through more stuff in our married life than any wife should have to endure. Any wife. And I promised her I'd never do it again. I guess I lied. Because I did. On that Sunday morning, I put her and all of my family and all of my church family through some bad stuff. You're looking at a man that died, literally died. But God had a plan. Right here. I didn't know that Brother Tony and Sister Tabitha, Brother Bubba and Sister Brenda, I think, was there. There was a room full of people in that SICU room around my bed that morning that I didn't know. Dr. Panio, too, he, he's comical. He opened my eye, let it go. I think he told my wife he's all right. Well, then he woke me up. And I looked at my wife. Crying over something that had put her through more hell than any woman deserves. But God had a plan. I didn't know it then. God knew about Brother Bruce then. Brother Bruce wasn't sick then. But he knew that he needed somebody to step in and take his place. I could never take Brother Bruce's place. That's the reason I say I, I thank him for what he inspired me to do. I thank Brother Bubba, I thank Brother Tony, I thank everybody that has stood behind me in this uh, teaching that I do on Sunday mornings, try to teach. I'm not no teacher. I'm not educated for it. But God educates me. God teaches me what I need to do. And I try to do my very best for him. I don't do it for man. I don't do it for man's approval. But God brought me up here. And he put me behind this pulpit. I, I think back to what Brother Tony said Wednesday night about Moses. Who am I? Who am I that I should deliver your word? 
I can't question God. We don't have the right to question God about anything. Psalm 46 and 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heaven. I will be exalted in the earth. Just be still and know that He is God. That's all we have to do. Be still. God takes care of me and Gwen financially, spiritually, physically. I got some physical disabilities about me, but who don't? All of us have to endure hardships. We're going to as long as we live on this earth. God didn't promise us that we would. But He did promise He'd be with us to help us through it. And He's with us every minute of every day that we will let Him be in here with us. I thank God for that young man right there. I love Zach with all my heart. And I love all my kids, all my Catherine and uh, Sean and all my grandkids. I love them to death. I ruin them. I spoil them. But that one right there sticks out in my mind. Because a church we were going to well right down the road here when Gwen and I first got back into church. When he got old enough to walk and I'd go to the altar, he'd go with me. I didn't think nothing about it. That young one would go to the altar with me. And he'd kneel down beside me. And I looked over there, I said, Lord, I've got to be doing something right. All, both my kids, Catherine and Sean, were brought up in church. We can't, all we can do is bring them up in the way they should go. That one right there is going the way that God wants them to go. He's a fine young boy. He's smart. He loves the Lord. He gave a testimony in here Wednesday night that just, it melts my heart to hear him get up here and witness for God. Amen. It does my heart good to see him and Kobe doing what they're doing for God. Amen. And all of our young people that's doing what they're doing for God. Jimbo, Jimbo works in an area that's just, Probably what none of us work work in. He works in an environment like that, but he does it, and he comes in here just smiling and ready to sing. I thank God for Zach. God sent him to me in a time right after I got hurt in August of 2004. February of 2005, I, we had Zach. Catherine had Zach. Well, she was still going to school, so and Gwen was trying to work all the hours she could because we didn't have... My check was gone. I didn't have no money coming in. How did I make it through the day? That youngin' right there. Had a son in Iraq during that time. 
I wore out two pair of blue jeans and never got off the porch, never got out of the chair at the house. And I wore the legs out in them, rubbing on them, worried about our young. Be still and know that I am God. But that youngin right there, he got me through the bad times. He's been with me in the good times. Gwen has been with me in the bad and the good. And I hope that I can live up to the expectations of this church, my church family, and do the things I need to do to carry on, to be an example outside these doors, not only in here, but outside these doors. That's all I want to do. I want to do what I can for God after what He's done for me. Brother Shannon sang a song in here one year during revival. He makes dead things rise. I was dead twice. I was dead in sin. He rose me up from it. I was dead in life. He rose me up from it. Brother Bubba was in there that Thursday morning when they done the first surgery on me. He and I was just a laughing and a joking and carrying on and Gwen got kind of perturbed at me and said, you don't need to be laughing and carrying on like that in here. I said, why? If I die, I know where I'm going. I wasn't worried about it. And that's what I, and Brother Bubba, isn't that what I said? But I understand her point. She didn't think it was something to be made sport of. I didn't either. But that was my style. That's, I crack a joke whenever I could. That Sunday morning, like I said, was a different story all the way around. I was at peace because I knew God had his hand on me. And that's the reason this verse sticks out in my life so much. Be still and know that I am God. That's all we got to do. When we get to the point in our life where we can't go anymore, Sister Renee, run over, you get just so tired that you can't go anymore. Sister Rhonda, Brother Chris, just remember, be still and know that I am God. God will deliver us from everything because we are His people and He's going to take care of His people. Y'all pray for me and Gwen and Zach. Pray for all my family, my precious mama. She's scared to death to get out around people, but I know that one day we're going to see her back through that door again. Y'all pray for us, and thank y'all. Amen. I'll vouch personally, and this is nothing, not nothing negative about Brother Audie, but, uh, you know, I've been been around Brother Audie for a long time, a bunch of years. You know, he and I share the same passion, and, uh, and that's deer hunting. That's dog hunting. Um, I knew him before 
he turned his life back over to the Lord. Matter of fact, I would be willing to have bet you that I wouldn't have seen him in here, and you, you just don't know how. I mean, it, 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 it really, it touched my heart to see him doing what he's doing now. Because I'm telling you, he, you know, he's not, he's not lying. He was a, he was a different man. He was a different man. He, God has humbled him. God has uh, saw favor in him, and I'm glad. I'm glad for his family. I'm glad for Sister Gwen. I'm glad. I mean. You know, I, I see that. We all see that. We all see it, you know. Uh, but I see I see the favor in his life, and I know God's got a plan for him. I know he does. And I like I just want to share that about Brother Audie as well. No negativity intended there. You know, everybody can, you know, if you know somebody, you, 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 you kind of know where they come from. You kind of know how they come up. But thank God for his uh, God-fearing mama. Thank God that she... She spent a lot of prayer for him. She, she called out his name a many times. I know she did because I heard it. She called out uh, Ronnie's name as well. Ronnie's, Ronnie's still. This is all his brother. Ronnie's still being Ronnie. If you know Ronnie Coleman, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He can make you laugh. He can make you laugh, but. I know God's dealing with him as well, and y'all continue to remember him. Continue to remember uh, because he can save. He can save Ronnie just like he saved Brother Aldi, and I'm glad to see that. Who will be next? You kind of fidget in there, boy. You want you got something to say? You got a song. Come on, come on. Go back here, brother. Brother Tony, help you. Or right here, where it's on. Y'all know 169. If you got a red back hymn in front of you, grab it. Help us sing it. Amen. Tonight. You ready? Let me live, blessed Lord, like my light of my word. my life be a light on the Every day. 
some soul. You know, that's what we all should do, right? Anybody else got a, a burning testimony tonight? I got, I got something I want to say, didn't I? There we go. I tell you, uh, I just thank God for what he's done in my life, for what he's done <clears throat> for my family, what he's done, what he's done for my dad. Uh, I mean, I witnessed a miracle firsthand. I'll never forget it. You know, I'll never quit giving him praise for what, he, for what he's done for my family. Uh, for blessing me with a with a great godly wife, uh, which is the reason I got saved, because she basically said it's either me, it's either you get saved or straighten up, or I'm hitting the highway. And I said, well, that lady can cook, and so she's pretty. And I said, so I better straighten my my, my tail up. And so uh, one night we was we was in a service. And, I mean, just like any other service, you know, when you're in a service, and you feel convicted. You know, if you if you sit there and you don't move, I mean, what what's the point of being there, really? You know, you get you get convicted. You know, I got convicted that night. Let me tell you, Papa brought it down, just like he does every time he gets up up behind the pulpit. And I know I know it was was God, and I could feel it. And I said, Lord, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I've done done all kind of bad stuff. I'm not proud of. Uh, and something just said, you know, it's time. It's time to surrender. Uh, and I did, you know, and I did. And, I, and, I, and he touched me, and I felt, I came right there on an altar, and he touched me, and I, I felt his, his presence, and I felt his, his spirit inside of me. And then, I, and then I, I was on fire for God, on fire for God. Started singing, started playing music. And then uh, kind of the fire went out, you know, and we all been there, and and I knew it, you know, and I, I said, uh, this ain't where I want to be, you know. This ain't where I want to be when the Lord shows up and tell you. You don't want to be, be fires out and the Lord shows up. You That's know? right. And uh, I said, uh, I got to get back right. And I knew I knew where to come, you know. Uh, I knew I had to get back here and, and get back in these altars and get back to serving God. And, and I trusted in Him and 
fast forward to, to 20, 2020. You know, it's been a crazy year, all right? So before the quarantine, before the coronavirus hit, you know, we started having real bad tornadoes. I don't know if y'all remember that. I'm sure you do. It was pretty rough there before, you know, the, the uh, COVID hit. And I remember specifically one time, all right, we didn't know, we didn't know, it, it was a pop-up storm come on, it was just like summertime does. Uh, all of a sudden, I come in from, from the shed, and, I, and Kim's like, there's a bad storm coming our way. You know, I was like, oh, it'd be all right, you know, we, we'd be fine. And so it started raining real bad. And I said, it's raining real bad out there. I looked out there, and I heard, some, I heard the wind howling. And she, she just looked at her phone, looked at me. She said, there's a tornado, right? There's a tornado coming our way. And I said, all right, so let me go look, you know, just being a, a dad. Let me go look outside and see what's out there, you know. So I peeked my head out there, and I'm telling you, every tree on our property was touching the ground. I mean, it was on us just that quick. And I, I told her, I said, get the kids. I said, y'all get, get in the closet and, uh, you know, and get, it, get everything, all kind of soft stuff piled on top of them. I mean, it just... It got on us that quick. All TVs, uh, the power went out. Phones, you know that that buzzer you got on your phone that lets you know there's a tornado in your area. I mean, that's what it was. All right. So it was real. It was coming right at us. Papa, he knew he knew it because he was praying. He's calling me. Mama was calling me. Y'all better get down. We praying for y'all. We, Papa. And last time I talked to Papa, he said, "I'm pleading the blood." I'm bleeding the blood over this. Amen. And I said, yeah. So you just preached about it. He said, if you have a problem or you need God, he said, plead the blood of Jesus. And he said, I'm pleading, I'm pleading the blood for y'all because I know it's coming y'all's way. And I, I told Kim, I said, I said, get, I said, get the babies down and <clears throat> let's just pray. Yeah. And so I prayed. I said, God, I said, uh, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my family, over this storm. And I'm telling y'all, that storm lifted up over our house. Amen. I'm telling you. Amen. You could tell. <clears throat> and, and even on the news, because we were watching, we didn't have, the, the TV wasn't working. And uh, she was, Kim was watching her phone. He said, this, he said, it just lifted up. I mean, right after we prayed, right after I prayed, I know it was God. And I know he heard my prayer. You know. Thank you, Lord. And I know you heard me, and I thank you for that. Um, fast forward to COVID. I'm going to try to be quick as I can, but fast forward to COVID, all right? COVID hit. You, know, it, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going to happen the next day. It's a horrible disease. It's still, it's still going on. I thought we was all right. We, uh, we were all right, right? We were young, and, you know, we were all right. But still, in the back of your mind, you know, I don't want to get it and give it to somebody I love or give it to one of y'all or, or nothing like that, you know. And and so it, it really bothered me because I had to go to work. Like, I, did, I didn't get the – they made me work, you know. And I, could, I still can't stay at home when I want to. They, they, they needed me to work. I said, well, I'll go to work. You know, I'm going to work. I'm going to do what they need me to do. And I'm going to be safe about it, safe as I can. And uh, I remember the first time – I thought about it, and I said, uh, I said, Lord, I said, I said, I'm going to pray about this, and I said, I'm going to put it in your hands. Just like you answered my prayer for that tornado that night or that evening, I said, I'm going to put this in your hands. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus over my family, over this sickness. 
And I did. I prayed. I prayed one night. I cried and I prayed. I said, I put it in your hands, Lord. I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over this, and I'm going to trust, and I'm going to put my faith in you. And then uh, a couple weeks later, COVID started getting real bad. Kim come home crying one, one evening and said, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, my boss, just, my boss just ha- has it. He said, uh, you know, we've been around. I've been around her. I've been working around her. I don't know what we're going to do. I'm going to have to stay away from my babies, or am I going to have to do this now? I said, no. I said, and the fear hit me all of a sudden. You know, fear hit me. And later that evening, I was thinking, I said, I ain't got to, I knew it was the devil, you know, giving me that spirit of fear. I said, I ain't got to listen to you, devil. I said, because uh, I, I put it in God's hands, and I pled the blood over it. I said, I'm going to trust you. And God, and God put it in my heart. He said, he said, you gave it to me for a reason. And he said, if you give something to me and you go pick it up, he said, that ain't, that's not faith. And he said, well, he spoke to me just as clear as the day. He said, trust in that faith in me. And he said, have full faith in me. And he said, I, you can trust and you can put your faith in me. And I did. And I'm telling you. I've been all kind. I've been around people that said it. I didn't know it, you know. And Jesus has too, and my family has too. I tell you, I pled the blood over my family. I pled the blood over your family. I pled the blood over this old church. <laughs> and uh, I continue to do it, you know. And I'm telling you, that's the only reason. That's the only reason that we ain't none of us sick. It ain't because I prayed, you know. It's because we're all praying. Sister Rhonda could tell you. It's because we're all praying. You plead the blood of Jesus, I'm telling you. A devil can't cross that bloodline. I'm telling you. And uh Thank you, Lord. I got a song Thank I want to sing Jesus. if I can. It's, Thank it's gonna be Jesus. tough. But Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, all my hope is in Jesus, I'm telling you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't know if y'all know it or not, but you can't trust the doctors today. You can't trust the politicians today. Uh you can't trust what you hear on the news today. You can't trust the meteorologists today. Let me tell you, we got two storms coming our way right now. You actually think they know where it's going to end up? No, they don't. I'm telling you, church, we got to put our hope in Jesus tonight. I'm telling you, because this is the only hope that we have. You can't put your hope in man. You got to put it up in Jesus tonight. I've been held by a Savior. I feel far from above I've been down to the river I ain't the same prodigal return And all my hope is in Jesus Thank God my yesterday's gone And all my sins are forgiven I've been washed by the blood I'm no stranger to the prison I've worn shackles and chains I've been freed and forgiven I'm not going back, I'll never be the same all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday.
days gone And all my sins are forgiven yeah. I've been washed by the blood Y'all sing it with me All my hope is in Jesus Oh, thank God my yesterday's gone Yes, it is all my sins are forgiven. Yeah. I've been washed by the blood. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday is gone. Oh, all my sins are forgiven. Yeah. I've been washed by the blood. I've been washed by the blood. I've been washed by the blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you. Y'all keep praying for me. I'm telling you, it, I, <clears throat> the Lord just puts it in my heart. I mean, to serve Him more. And I'm, I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to serve Him more and more each day and trust in Him. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate my son sharing that story. I remember that day too. Whenever that, you know, I think uh, I think God gives, uh, which I know He does. He got He He gives different people different talents. Uh, you know, the Word says that He He'll He'll give some the ability to have dreams, and some be prophets, and some will be this and that. Well. You know, before then, and I've shared this with my wife about those tornadoes. I told her, I said, anytime I seen a tornado, it meant death. It meant death to me because God gave me that ability. God, and I shared this with her. I said, I said, I, seen another, I had another dream about a tornado. Sure enough, you'd hear about somebody very close to us would pass away or whatever. Well, that same day, you know, whenever my son, what my son was talking about, about that tornado, you know, all I could think, the same thing that I do in my dreams, all I could do was plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't know what power, that, that's got so much power in it right there. That's got so much power right there. That thing will, that thing will lift up. He'll change, he'll change your situation. He'll change your outcome. He'll change whatever's going on. And that day right there, that day right there changed the dreams that I have because usually after that tornado, and, and, you know, it did it did take some lives after it got over in Georgia. I'm not, I'm not discrediting that. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. Before, whenever I dreamed about tornadoes or whenever I seen the tornadoes, it was death. It, was, it meant death. But that day, that death could have very well been my son, it could have very well been my my, my daughter-in-law and, and my grandkids, you know. And we were, I was with my with my daughter over at the hospital. And we were, I was I was just pleading the blood during that situation over there. And I know y'all were too. I seen y'all. I know y'all were. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Who else is gonna say something for the Lord tonight? Come on, sister. You want that one? Or you want me to give you one? I got some big shoes to fill after all these testimonies tonight, but I don't, 
I've got so many layers to my story. I really don't know where to begin. I've been asking God to help me. Um, and I guess I'm just going to share with you a story of his pursuit of me. Um, I was born to uh, a beautiful couple. Um, this is my Aunt Jeannie. Um, so it was her sister. Um, my mom and my dad um, were on the outside a good-looking couple. Uh, we had three kids. There was a my brother's one year older than me. We're all born in October, 72, 73, 74. And the mom says, I'm not back next, no, next October. Let's stop this. So she ended it with the, the third doorstep. However, um, of all of us, I remember my mom when we were younger, before we went to school, she would teach us the big, thick Bible that had the big pictures of it in the Bible. She would teach us. And um, she laid that foundation for us. Um, but as beautiful as we looked, our family had a lot of secrets uh, that a lot of times weren't too secret because there was a lot of abuse. And for three kids, many nights, we didn't have to close our eyes before the nightmares began. We watched a lot of stuff that children shouldn't see. We heard a lot of things that children shouldn't see or shouldn't hear. And it shaped me, my brother and sister tremendously. And um, such to the point that I married my dad. I'll just put it that way. And for 17 years at the hands of an individual, I experienced the same thing. And I remember when I was about 20, my son was a couple years old. Um, I remember when the big Tylenol scare was going on. And I said, I'm done. I can't take this. I watched it all my life. Now I'm at the hands of it. I can't do this. And I remember taking, I don't share this with very many people, um, but I think it's time that, you know, we share our hurts, we show our scars. But I took a big handful of Tylenol and I said, God, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to wake up. And I took that Tylenol and I woke up the next morning. I remember being so angry at God. I was like, why am I here? It would have been so much easier if you'd have just taken me. Not even thinking about my son but just the hurt, the pain, and I couldn't take it another day. And I knew that there's a purpose. If he kept me, I'm here. So I kept going and um, had a beautiful daughter. And um, like I said, 17 years, I got out. And God delivered me. And what I began to realize is that God was there the whole time. But at 23, three years after me trying to take my life, somebody in my family was praying for me. And even in my children's father's family was praying for me. And I went to church. And at 23, I gave my life to Christ. And I'll just give away my secret. That was 23 years ago. So, <laughs> um, so I go to church. And uh, it was my refuge. It was my haven. It was the one place I could go that I was safe. And um, I would go there and... I served a God that I didn't really understand. I got my fire insurance, but I didn't know he loved me. I didn't know that there was grace, that there was mercy. I knew that if I sinned, that I would be, I'd be left behind. So I lived my life on a roller coaster, thinking that if I messed up, he's coming, and I'm gone, and I'm left. Um, so I spent my life, uh, 10 years at this church, in legalism, and I'm sorry. It's just legalism. That is a works mentality, and that's what I, I operated from. Amen. Not understanding 
that God loved me so much. And then God somehow transitioned me to another church. I had no desire to leave that church. And when I walked in the doors of this church, I didn't understand that he had a plan. I was so upset about leaving that church. And then we had a lady come and teach on Wednesday nights. And she talked about Abba Father. And I'm like, who? <laughs> I know the God that's got that fist ready to, to, to knock me out when I mess up. I don't know about Abba Father. And she said, you can crawl up in his lap and he can love on you and you can love on him. And I'm like, that's a foreign God to me. I don't understand him. And then I began to realize that is my God. That is my God. That is my God. And for four years, I was healing. And I said, God, I want somebody that loves you and serves you and just honors you. And God sent me a pastor, a husband that was a pastor. And sometimes we don't understand life. And I know God sent that man to my life for a purpose, for a reason, for a plan. Because God gave me Psalm 121, and I'm going to try to quote it because it's my heart. I lift my eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over your life. There's more to it, and I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I've got it on my wall. The Lord watches over your life. I'll go to the last verse. The Lord will keep you from all harm. The Lord watches over your life. He watches over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. And he gave me that eight years ago when I moved to Enterprise, Alabama to start my new life. But I had no idea the plans God had for me. This isn't a sad story, and I don't want anybody to walk away thinking that this is sad because what my God's done in me is not a sad story. But I got up there, and you don't have to lay your hands on somebody to hurt somebody. But I was abused spiritually and emotionally. Not spoken to for three days if I said something wrong by my pastor husband. I, w I was made to work while he sat. And I'm not being ugly because I know God loves him too. But my heart was broken. I could not reconcile the fact that a sinner husband done this, a pastor professing Christian husband done this. And I'm not degrading anybody, y'all. I want y'all to know that. But my mind, I could not reconcile how. How? How? All I know is my God had pursued me time and time again for so much. How can, how can this be happening? And God didn't answer questions just like God don't. He don't have to. He don't owe us an explanation. All he said is, I'm going to use this. Because abuse happens just as much in the church as it does outside the church. Amen. Amen. And I said, okay, God, if that's your will. And I had already been teaching classes on boundaries. And that's where God helped me. And I've been sharing to people, you're worth it. Because if you'd have known me not long ago, all of you'd have seen is the crown of my head because that's how I walked. I wasn't worthy to lift my head. I didn't believe I was worthy. And I'm not, not on my own, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. I could lift my head. And I know that my God loves me. But last fall, I mean, I'm sorry, last spring, I was walking around the church back in Enterprise. 
And I've been praying. I was like, God, I don't know what to do. I love you, and I'm serving you with all my heart. I don't know what to do. And this is the part I want to get to is, my God, is so good. He's, he was good the whole time. But I was walking around the church, and my mouth spoke something that my mind didn't even know I wanted. I said, God, I want to go home. And I was like, ooh, where'd that come from? I'd never wanted to give up. I, don't, I never wanted to give up. I meant that for the rest of my life. And then circumstances as they were, one thing right after another, one thing right after another, God ended that relationship. And in February, February 23rd, I think it was February 23rd, it was on a Wednesday. I, when I left here eight years ago, I walked, worked for the Baldwin County Commission Highway Department. When I went to the highway department, they didn't give me a raise. I took on a big job. They didn't give me a raise. It was a big thing. It was huge. And I was on the front page of papers eight years ago because they, wanted, they didn't want to give me the money. No big deal. I moved, going up there. February 23rd, I'm getting my utilities transferred over into my name because I'm divorced again, almost divorced again. And I'm going, why? And I'm walking around in a store going, why am I here? God, I've given my heart and life to two people that's been trampled upon. And I get a text saying, we've got a job opening. And it was the girl that used to work for me at the Baldwin County Highway Department. And I said, what's the job? She said, my boss. That was my old job. And she said, I'll get the engineer to call you, the highway engineer. So I talked to him the next morning, and he said, we're not opening up right now because we're going to upgrade the job. We're going to upgrade the job. And I'm going, wow, the very job that they wouldn't give me a penny on. They upgraded it. And I said, okay. And um, I said, Joey, I want you to know this is a transition time for me. And he said, okay. He said, Beth, you just don't understand that how I feel that this is a blessing for both of us. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll handle that because I'm thinking it's a blessing for me. And so that was on a Wednesday. The next day I go into work, and I was working for Shaw Industries in Andalusia. Out of the blue, we had been told we're not getting raises this year. Absolutely not getting raises. Nobody. We got a little appreciation check. Everybody did, but no raise. I got called into my boss's office, and he said, I just want to let you know we're giving you a raise. And I said, what? $6,500. And I was like, oh my gosh, nobody's getting raises. He said, we just felt led to. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my, only my God could do that. Amen. And that, <laughs> that was February. And I was trying to decide, am I coming back home? My kids were here. My four grandbabies were here. I had gave that, all that up to go up there, I thought, to serve God in ministry. And I know I did in my way. It didn't work out like I thought, but that doesn't mean God didn't keep me. That was my eight years of wilderness because what God took out of me, because what God showed me up there is I was like the Israelites. When I left that bondage, I packed bitterness with me, just like they did. I had to go to those, those waters of Mara and experience God's healing. And that eight years of that wilderness helped heal me. I still hurt. You don't ever get rid of that. But God can use that. So 
I had a lady that I was talking to about selling my house. I'd lost her phone number. I'm not kidding y'all, I lost a phone, all my phone number, all my old emails, everything. Everything was going away and I'm going, God, do y'all know how hard it is to replace everything? You go sign into account, they verify it through your phone number. Well, you don't have the same phone number. Well, back up your email. I don't have my email. So I had to recreate almost most of my personal life online and it was so difficult and I didn't understand what God was doing. But um, just one thing after another, but the lady called me about the house because I had lost her number, but she hunted me down and found my number. And she said, um, I want to see if you'll let me, you know, you're still interested in selling your house. I said, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. No beating around the bush. There's no equity. We just bought it a year and a half ago. I have no equity. She said, let me, let me, um, let me work the numbers. I'll, I'll come over. So we planned a day. She came over and I prayed in between her coming and I said, God, if you want me to go back home, you're going to have to sell my house easy. I said, because I have never had an easy life. Now, this is my conversation with God. I said, and you know that. I said, I don't have to tell you, but I've never expected an easy life. I don't, never intended that. I said, but if you want me to get, go back home, you're going to have to make this house so easy. She put the sign in my yard on a Tuesday. Next Monday, I had a sign offer in my hand. The house... The house was under contract. Now, it was a little difficult to file it with COVID coming up. It hindered a lot of stuff. But I walked right back in February, I mean, I'm sorry, May 11th to a job that I'd already had, already knew. Double the pay that I was making. Double the pay. And Back on May 1st, I had my house packed. I'd been packing ever since that, that sign got in the yard. I'm like, I'm gone. He's, he's got me out of here, so I'm packing. So I was packing. My kids were coming the next day. I had done gone and get that big U-Haul all by myself. I was up there by myself. And um, I was praying that night before. And I said, God, tomorrow's my transformational day. And the Holy Spirit said, no, I've already transformed you. Tomorrow's your transition day. Amen. And in the middle of that night, the morning, 2.48, and I just cried when he told me that because I knew when the Holy Spirit speaks to you like that, nobody has to explain what that means. I knew my life had been a transition or a transformation since I had been up there and that tomorrow, the next day, May 2nd, was just going to be a day I acted upon that faith. And... 2.48 that morning, I wake up, and I'd already made plans, and I know this sounds materialistic, but this is my God. I don't do this kind of stuff. Oh, right. I had already made plans with the Ford place because I had to trade in a vehicle that I couldn't drive. It was run down. It wasn't my car. It was something I had to take out of the marriage, and I still owed on it. It was falling apart. Every bell, every whistle was going off. People followed me down here when I came because they were scared it break down on me, and I had to get rid of it. So I had to turn it in. I couldn't afford to pay for it and get a new vehicle too. So um, I already had an appointment with Ford Place at three o'clock that Saturday to come talk to them. And I already picked out a vehicle and I had to have a three row because I got four grandbabies and three of them in car seats. So I already knew what I wanted and I had it picked out and it was, called, it was a Ford Explorer base model. Now this may not sound like a lot to y'all, but I picked that out and I made that appointment. And at 2.48 that night, 
God woke me up, and I've had visions of myself speaking to women before, but I never knew what I was saying to them. 2.48 that night, I don't know if I was awake, really. I don't know if I was asleep or dreaming or what, but I seen myself talking to these women, and I heard what I was saying. I was telling them how valuable they were, that God loves them, and that they're worth it. They're worth protecting. They're worth saving. And there was just an influx of, of women coming in to the altar. And I think that's when I woke up. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, there's nothing base about you. You are a showroom. Yeah. Because that may not mean much to y'all, but the vehicle I picked out was base. I'm fine with that. Y'all don't know me. I'm okay. I don't have to have nice things. But there was a vehicle that I had seen on there that was red. And it was, it was red, and the pictures of it was on the showroom. Just like you don't have to explain something when, when the Holy Spirit speaks. I knew that was my vehicle. And I argued with God, and I said, I looked at the price, and I said, oh, Lord, no, no. At 248, I'm arguing with God, saying, I can't do this. He never spoke a word. And I don't know why. Who knows, you know, why I have that red vehicle versus the silver. It doesn't matter to me. But um, I called the lady at the Ford place, and I said, change of plans. And you could tell she got real scared. She thought she was just going to lose a sale. So I told her, I said, no, 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 no. Are you a Christian? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, let me tell you what happened to me last night. And she says, I don't remember telling her I was getting the red vehicle. I just remember telling her what God said about there's nothing base about me. I'm showroom. I, the next thing she said was, I'll get the red one ready for you. Amen. And uh, it's, it's not the materialistic thing. But now that I see everything that's going on right now in this world, God has moved me home. He has transitioned me home to be a strong mom for my kids. Because the grandbaby right there. She don't go to church. But I'm home now. And he has sent me back to be here for my family. And two weeks ago, I teach a class in my home on boundaries still because I want to be faithful to God and how he delivered me, and I want to help other people. And I told my class the other day, I was like, I love y'all. And I said, I promise to finish or to teach y'all boundaries to finish this out. I said, but I feel so urgently that we have to stop. We don't have years to unpack it anymore. Christ is on his way back. So we're converting our Tuesday night boundaries meeting to a prayer meeting. And I thank y'all for just letting me share my heart. I know it's kind of rambled, but um, I love y'all. I feel so good here. Um, I miss y'all on Sunday mornings, but my grandbabies, I take them to church. and. What a joy. Last Sunday was the first Sunday. I cried. I called somebody. I said, guess what? I got in my vehicle. I said, I got three out of four grandbabies, and I'm home, and I'm so glad to be home, and I love y'all so much. I tell you, you might call that rambling, but I call it a, a perfect testimony of how God can touch every portion of your life. He can touch 
everything that's going on in your life. I mean, that's a prime example right there. If you serve him with all your heart and you listen to him and you stand still like the brother said and you and know that he is God, stand there and wait on his timing. He'll work it out for you. He'll work it out each and every situation. I don't care what your situation is tonight. Don't care what you're going through tonight. God does. God's got a plan for you. You may not, you may not see it tonight. You may not see your plan. You may say, well, God, it's been a long time. You know, what, what you got in store for me? What you got for me? He's going to reveal it unto you in time, in his time. Will there be another tonight? I tell you, this has been a blessing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I tell you that. You know, I think it I think it clear it cleanses the soul. It cleanses your very spirit. Whenever you just open up and you you tell people, whenever you can feel that comfort level, whenever you can just release yourself. I tell you, it gets so much. It's like a weight lifted off your shoulder. And, sister, I know it's like a weight lifted off your shoulder as well. We're glad to have you here. Uh, you know, if there's any way we could help you, I know Pastor and Sister Pastor, they'll, they'll do anything they can because they're loving people. And we hope, we hope the very day that you walked in, we hope you felt that love and we hope that it was extended to you. Because if you didn't, at, after all that you've been through, if you didn't feel that love when you walked in, we, we weren't doing our job. But I, I hope you did, and I and I wish you well, Kristen. I practiced this the other day, and <laughs> I had a few little hiccups. So um, y'all just bear with me if I have a few tonight. <laughs> Somehow forgotten that you are faced with circumstances you can't get through. Right now, it seems that there's no way out, and you're going under. But God's proven time. And time again, he'll take care of you, and he'll do it again. He'll do it again. If you'll just take a look at where you are now and where you've been, hasn't he always? been broken in two 
the God of the stars, the sun and the sea, and He is your Father. If He can calm a storm, He can find a way to fix this for you. shared that one with us before. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Oh, my Lord Jesus. You're, you are right. That was a very fitting song for the time, I tell you. He'll do it again. It don't matter if you prayed to him and he answered your prayer and he led you into a situation. He'll do it again. He'll lead you out of that same situation and lead you into another situation. Just like the, the sister here witnessed uh, just a few minutes ago. Is there, will there be another tonight? This, this, is, this is great. This is great. Come on, boy. Now, you got deep on us the other night. Now, you, you, boy, I tell you, I, I thank you for that. I thank you for opening up the other night whenever you did what you did. I know that I've said stuff what feels like every service. And 
feel like he's just led me through all this quarantine stuff and everything that's happened in 2020 and the years past. The scar on my hand, Daddy says he feels his to remind him that he don't need the cigarettes, that he don't need all the stuff that he was doing. Well, I feel mine remind me how stubborn I can be. And how just how stupid I used to be. And how just how I used to just throw everything aside and that the Lord was trying to do with my life. Come on. And these past two or three weeks, I don't know how long it's been, but in these past two or three weeks, I feel like he's showed me in the way that I need to go and in the talent, as Brother Kim was talking about a little while ago, and the talent that I have. Because before these, before July, I couldn't step up here. I could not unless it was to sing. And then I had to be in the choir. Come on. I couldn't speak out. The first, the first time that I ever even spoke up by myself in the middle of this service, it took so much. Man. So much strength and courage that I thought I'd never muster it up again. And it was it was so fulfilling Man. and made me feel so good after that service <laughs> that I just wanted to do it every service. And every Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, I didn't care if it was at a church service or not. I just wanted to speak up and voice my opinion and voice what the Lord has laid on my heart. And I just, I'm, I'm just awestruck by all of these testimonies. And if I just want to say that if nobody else in this service gets anything, out of any of these testimonies, they have dealt with me. I've pulled off of every one of them, and it's led me just to come up here and just say that no matter who you are, no matter what you go through, no matter where you're at with in your walk with the Lord, no matter if you're down doing drugs if you're up on the mountaintop if you're no matter where you are on that mountain or in that valley he can pull you out he can raise you higher than you've ever been and make you feel better than you ever have and he will it may not be in the time that you want it to be it may not be next month. It may not be next year. It may not be till 20 years down the road. But he will. He'll pull you up, show you in the way he wants you to go, and do stuff in your life that you never thought possible. <laughs> 20 years ago, or not 20 years ago, but 
Daddy just told me from 20 years ago that he thought that he'd never, ever be up here doing this. And seven years ago, I never thought that he'd be up here doing this. I never thought that I'd be standing right here behind this pulpit right now. Two months ago, I never thought that I'd be standing here. That's just how quick he can change you. And whenever I was probably five years old, I don't remember the exact time, but we used to pass by that Morning Dove Church every morning that I can remember. And I'd ask Daddy, when are we going back to church? When are we going back to church? And it was just, that always sticks out in my mind every time I come to church. When are we going back to church? And I can look at him now from back then. He is a better man. He is more upright than I can ever be. And I just want to say thank y'all for pushing me and for thank y'all for all these testimonies. If nobody else gives one tonight, I feel like that this has been a service to remember and one of the best services that we've had in a long time. I just want to say thank y'all. Amen. Amen, I tell you what, church, that's coming from an individual. Like you said, everybody knew how shy Zach was, but I got one to top her, oh, uh, Old fat boy up here was pretty shy himself. Uh, Trina and I first got married. I didn't have a whole lot to say. Um, but, uh, you know, Sister Raymer would, she saw something in me, I guess. I don't know. She she would always give me an opportunity. It might be to, it might be to just pray during the service. or It was just it was just little times for, for me to jump in. And, you know, the Lord dealt with me and the Lord helped the Lord helped me as well. It's not an easy thing standing in front of your peers. It's not an easy thing standing up to people at work, you know, in a group of your peers or whatever. It's not an easy thing standing up for God. But I tell you, if you don't, you know, the Word says, if you deny me before man, I deny you before my Father. So that ought to give you the, the umption right there. That ought to give you the umption to stand up for God. And, you know, I made a pact with God back in 2013. I made a pact with God that I would share what he did for me each and every opportunity that I did. And I think I have. I think I have. I think I think y'all heard my story more than a time or two. But I made a pact with God. And, I, you know, I, I said, God, thank you for what you've done for me. You gave me, you gave me another opportunity to speak. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it. I've told that story all the way from Chicago, Illinois, all the way to, uh, to, to the island of Curacao. Uh, I witnessed to a lady uh, down in uh, the island of Curacao. Uh, she was sitting there, and I, and I told, and she was just, she was just mesmerized, you know. And I gave her, I gave her the the blood verse. I think I've shared this with you before, and I'm not going to belabor it too much. But that same verse right there saved my life. You know, different ones are sharing verses tonight. That same verse right here saved saved my life. Whenever you're in a time of need, there's there's verses in that Bible that you can dig out that you can you can you can stake your claim on, what I should say, and 
Ezekiel 16 and 6. I'm a living example of Ezekiel 16 and 6. I don't want to take anybody else's time tonight. If anybody else has got a, something they need to say tonight, you know, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, this is, like I said, this is your opportunity. If the Lord's pricking at your heart, then I challenge you. I challenge you to stand up and, and say something for God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I knew she was fixing to stand up. I would have. I knew she was fixing to stand up. Thank you, Lord. She always blesses my Brother Kevin, I truly love the Lord, and I kept sitting back, and I thought, well, you know, it's getting late. Maybe I shouldn't, but <laughs> Brother Bob, I do love the Lord, and I was listening to each testimony, and it was like God took me back to that Wednesday morning when he says, I love you that much. You know, God loves us so much that he would do what it's, needs to be done, but I want to go back to when I first got saved, me and Brother Rufus was married because this is um, going to bring it, I'll bring it out as best I can. But uh, we went to the uh, Church of God in Baymanette and God filled us with the Holy Ghost and saved our souls. And the preacher that was there had got up and announced that he was leaving the church. And I began to pray. You know, that hurt me, Sister Tabitha, because we, we were young in the church, and here it is, the preacher telling us he was going to leave the church. So I began to pray, and I began to pray and ask God. I said, God, I want to do what you want me to do. So God spoke to me to go to New Testament church. So when I went to the preacher and told him that we were going to the New Testament church, he says, are you sure you're doing the right thing? And I thought to myself, well, you're leaving the church. <laughs> but I thank God that he sent us here to yes. this church. And I thank him for the many blessings that he's put in our lives. Because if I hadn't, we hadn't obeyed God and come to this church. We've been here, I don't forget how many years, but it's been a long time. And I began to think about the many blessings that God has placed upon my life. He gave me four beautiful children. A wonderful husband to start with. And I heard something the other day that somebody says, do you believe in love at first sight? You may not believe it, but I do. <laughs> when I seen that man back there, my heart just melted, you know. And I know God put him in my life. But then he put four beautiful children in my life. And if I hadn't obeyed God, I probably wouldn't have been in church. But when you obey God and step out and do what God tells you to do, you're going to see God move. Then I go on uh, through our lives, and as we begin to come to church, I had a dream. And I've, I probably, I know I've told this before in the church. But I dreamed that I seen Brother Rufus in a casket, and it was raining. And I began to think about that thing, and I began to pray about it, and I asked others to pray because it really bothered me. You know, when God's laid something on your heart, you know it's God. Amen. But I began to pray about it and I began to get people to pray with me. And it was uh, on the year 1985, we were in a car wreck. 
You know, the state trooper told us that usually in a wreck like that, it would take at least two or three out of the, you know, it would take them out. But because I had prayed and asked God to spare his life, you know, I still got him today, and it's been more than 15 years. <laughs> I thank God for it, Sister Minnie, because I know God, the God that I am serving is alive, and he's well. But I began to pray, and I began to thank God for it, and, and I began to think, sit back, and I began to think about the different churches that come in and helped us during this time of need. You know, they didn't have to do it, but because they loved God, they stepped out. You know, I love this church, and, I, and this is part of my family. You know, I've been missing a lot of church here lately, but, you know, I, I'm not really missing it because I'm watching it on YouTube. Me and God's having a good time at home when y'all having a good time here. But things have kind of been changing here lately. I've kind of, um, well, my grandson, Matthew, and his new bride, he got married again. Him and his first wife left, uh, separated and divorced. But they come by the house one night and brought me some, uh, these herbs. And she wanted me to try them. Matthew calls her a witch doctor, but she says God don't have witch doctors. And uh, I began to take those, and I began to have problems again, and uh, I decided I wanted to go ahead and go to the doctor, which my faith is in God. I want to trust the Lord for all things, you know, but it got to the point I was getting depressed. And I called the doctor, and I made an appointment, and then my daughter, Tammy, told me to let her call the other doctor that I had seen in Foley. That he would, call, well, his wife said I needed this other kind of medicine to take. So she called her husband, and he called me in that medicine take. And since I started taking in and taking these herbs, my body has been a whole lot better. And I thank God for it. You know, I do love the Lord, and I thank him for his blessings, and I do plan on getting back in church. But last Saturday morning, I got up, and I was so sick, I couldn't even sit up. And I told Rufus I had to go just lay down. You know, Brother Bubba, I've been listening to a lot of the uh, services, and it's talking about the blood, pleading the blood and applying the blood. So that Saturday, as I was laying in bed, I said, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over my body, and I apply it to my body. You know, and uh, even though I didn't feel good all day, but Sunday morning I got up and I was feeling bad. I could have come to church, but I didn't want whatever I had for anyone else to get it. But I began to pray that Sunday morning. I began to uh, plead the blood of Jesus and apply the blood of Jesus, and I was able to eat breakfast Sunday morning and lunch Sunday, which I couldn't eat Saturday because I was so sick. But whatever it is, God took care of it, and I thank you for it. You know, all we got to do is just pray and, and plead the blood and apply the blood, and God will move. And I do love him, and I love you church folks today. Thank you for praying for us, and thank you for the love that you have shown our family because this is God's way of showing you know, through others, his love, because he loves us so much. And y'all, I thank you for it. I will say, uh, Sister Linda, it's, it's kind of nice having you around, too. So I'm glad to see, glad to see you back. Uh, 
It's always good to look back here and see the smiling face. I tell you, they have they have been the very foundation of this church for for many 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 years. They've been here as long as I can remember, and uh, uh, you know, and I know some of you all could 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 vouch for that as well. We thank you for y'all service for our church too, and we we understand your health situations, but you know what? You pled the blood on it. You did you did what the word says to do. And we're going to accept victory over it. We're going to accept the victory over it. Is there another tonight? Lisa? Oh, I'm sorry, baby. Come on. And then Lisa's going to sing for us. That's a blessing there, Lisa. Get that old boy right there beside you to help you out. Walking testimony right here, people. I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you right now. Touches my heart. I was sitting right there waiting just to, um, if God wanted me to do this, but I guess uh, he does. So some of y'all know, I've told some of y'all that I put, God opened up the door for me to play volleyball for Atmore Christian. And uh, Friday was our first game, and I, I was kind of nervous because I've never played before. And uh, one of the girls, um, she did a devotional before the game. And uh, she was, I can't quote the verse, but she was talking about having a clean heart toward, like, your teammates and other people and other, um, the referees and all that. And she also said um, something that kind of stuck with me. She said, um, I was planning not to cry. <laughs> she said, even if you mess up, God's not going to leave you. When you mess up, he, he ain't going to get up and say bye. He's, he's going to be right there with you. And before the game, the other team was warming up, and um, one of my teammates were like, they're huge. Compared to all the little girls on our team, Mom and texted Daddy and said, We need some little David to get in these Goliaths. <laughs> I feel like God's giving me the courage to be able to be a David against all my Goliaths in my life. <laughs> Thank God for listening. I was just. I know it's kind of jumbled around, but that's all I got. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I tell you, you know, we can all be reminded of what what uh, what David said whenever he faced Goliath. You know, and I and I think about it all the time. You know, you know what he told him. He told him. He said, you come after me with a spear and a sword. But I'm coming after you in the name of the Lord. I'll tell you what, whatever your situation is, whatever your giant is, whatever you're up against, I don't care what it is. I can't don't care what it is. He took the smallest, the smallest one, the smallest person in David and killed the largest. He said there were... There were there were seasoned warriors shaking in their armor. 
wishing they would have had the strength to stand up. But he went after him in the name of the Lord. And that's what you can do in any situation that you are. I don't have to tell you tonight. Sometimes we got to remind ourselves. I know we do. Sometimes we got to remind ourselves. Thank you, Brooke, for sharing that. Always, always. I tell you, you're blessing your, yourself just just to, uh, just to see you even interacting with uh, and playing sports. It, it just, it's just a blessing to all of us. Will there be another tonight? Sister Minnie, another one, I'm going to tell you. That's another pillar of the church. That's right. It's been here as long as I can remember. Another one. And I'll tell you, church, she, she's not in the best of health. She can't walk that good. But you know what? Them doors come open. She's walking in there. She's coming to the house of the Lord. None of us here tonight, none of us under the sound of my voice, we don't have any excuse not to not to serve the Lord. We don't have any excuse. Well, thank you for your testimony. Sister Minnie, I always love to hear you speak for the Lord. And you've been an example. You've been an example to us all. And we 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 totally respect you and we you know, you're 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 one of the pillars of this church and we you know we want to make it with you. We want to make that flight with you. Will there be another tonight? Any others tonight? Lisa. Lisa's going to sing for us. Yeah, come on. You want to say something for the Lord before you sing? or? Lord. I wasn't going to say anything about um, I don't really talk about a lot of things and but I think Beth's her name isn't it she her testimony is kind of like mine how my family was I came from a real abusive family especially my dad and a lot of things, you know, went on in our, in our childhood that no child needs to see. And over the years, it was just hard for my dad and I. We've had kind of a, not a real love-hate relationship, but just just a hard, hard relationship. I was the only one out of his eight girls that had anything to do with him. Um, the other ones after they um, he would do things to them and they would just wipe him off you know didn't have th anything to do with him and I just and he would do things to me and I would still be there for him Thank you, no matter what because I looked at it well he he's my dad so I, I tried to stand by him and I remember he called me two years ago, June the 26th, and 
asked to come move in with us because he couldn't live by himself anymore. And I was up at Wind Creek Casino with 60-something kids from summer camp. And I said, well, Daddy, when I get back to my car, I will come get you. And that weekend, Chris and the boys, we got everything that he owned to the house and brought him over. And it was different being having a relationship with daddy away from him not living with him but once he moved in with us it was just flashbacks of my childhood with him and kind of like i had ptsd i didn't i thought at times i was going crazy and um we've had some good you know had good days and bad days when the two years he's lived with us and a lot of things were said that shouldn't have been said between you know with us and but we've you know I we made things right and and the Saturday before he um fell and broke his heel my sister Dana told me that's that the Lord had been talking to her about calling him that she needed to call him and he hadn't spoke to Dana and Dana hadn't spoke to him in 18 years and she called him, and Chris was still in the hospital, and I was with him, and I thought she was going to, he was going to reject her and hang up on her and this and that. Well, he called. She called him, and he thought it was me at first, and he, he said, who is this? And he said, this, she said, this is Dana. And he said, well, I'm sure glad you called me. And they talked for like 25 minutes, like they'd been talking all their life and Amen. hadn't spoken 18 years Amen. and something told her she said something's going to happen she said i don't know if it's something with me or something with that um daddy or or what it was well that tuesday after chris came home that tuesday morning he fell and broke his hip and was in the hospital for 25 days before he passed and my um youngest sister tina hadn't had anything to do with him and he hadn't had anything to do with her in 25 years well they didn't get that opportunity but they did get the opportunity to make things right the morning before he passed amen he wasn't able to speak to her but he he did open his eyes and look at her amen and she talked to him and told him that mm -hmm. she she loved him mm -hmm. and kissed him on his forehead and then I left and then it wasn't long after that they called and told me that um he wasn't doing good so we all came back down and two of my other sisters came down and I think he just knew that we were all there and it went just a little while after that that he passed amen and even though you know things went on in my life and everything and daddy was a, a really mean person at times in his younger eight years daddy didn't really start mellowing out until probably his 60s but mm -hmm. after the years he's you know gotten better he's never been the one to really say he was sorry or ask for forgiveness it's just by hearing him talk and his words and because he told dana that um 
things just didn't work out between us, did they? And she said, no, Daddy, they didn't. But she said, you know, we can always make things right. And he said, yeah. He said, I want to go to heaven. And he said, I want to make things right. Amen. Thank and you, I, Lord. And I love you. And he said, I've always loved you. And she said, well, that's a good enough apology to me. That's what she told me. I said, yeah, Daddy's just not the one to say, I'm sorry. He's just never been the one. And I think they were all three amongst the two sisters and him. They were all three waiting on which one was going to come to the other one first because they all three got a little pride when it comes to that. that. And I think Amen. that's why it took so many years to Amen. things to change. And I always knew that it was probably going to come to Daddy being on his deathbed before things were made right. and But he always said that my youngest sister wasn't never his, but he knew she was his. He just did it out of spite, you know, my mom, because he carried a picture of us in his wallet for years. And Thank Tina didn't know that until I told her that. I said, Daddy has a picture in his wallet of me and you and our mom when she was like 23. So he still cared, and he knew that that he was that she was his daughter. But I just I know that he made things right with God, and yes. and before he passed, and I know where he's at. Even though things didn't might have didn't go the way it needed to be that I wanted it to turn out, but it turned out the way it needed to turn out. Everything happens for a reason. That's all I got to say. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
Lisa, we appreciate you sharing your testimony as well. Um, you know, sometimes we all got pride. Sometimes pride, you know, we miss a lot of our blessings because of our pride. I know I was I was the same way. I was headstrong. You know, you couldn't tell me nothing. But I tell you, it's a humbling moment whenever, uh, and, I, and I know the same for Pop, you know, I thank God for deathbed repentances. I mean, you can call it whatever you want to call it. But uh, he made things right in his way. He made things right the best way he knew how. And uh, I think he made it right with God. You know, the Word says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It don't mean and it don't say whether... Brother Kevin believes it or not. It don't say whether the pastor believes it or not. It says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I think there's been a, a many a saint made in that twinkling of an eye just that quick. Oh, my Lord, forgive me. That might be all it takes. That might be all it takes. Lord, forgive me. You call upon the name of the Lord and you believe that He is Lord, that's all it takes. I don't want to close the service tonight without asking if there's another tonight. I know it's been a long service, but I tell you, it's been a blessing to me. It's been an absolute blessing to me. It's like Brother Tony says, I mean, 
you know, you don't know, you don't know people's situations. You don't know people's stories. I mean, we see, we see each and every, we see each and every one of us. We look at each other from the outside looking in, but you don't never know what's on the inside. You don't never know what shaped and formed that person, you know. But, you know, confession is good for the soul. Standing up and talking about you, I mean, that gets it out. It gets it out, gets it out in the open. And, it, and, it, and it's like a weight lifted off of you. I know it is. Thank you all for your testimonies tonight. Thank you all for your, what you said for the Lord. If there, if there won't be another, I'm going to turn the service back to Brother Tony. And uh, let him close us out tonight, whatever he feels led to do. Yes, Lord. Just want to say uh, thank you to everybody being here tonight and uh, participating. I know it's, uh, it, I, I tell you, it is not, it's not always easy to get up here and stand and speak in front of folks, and uh, especially when you're sharing something that's personal or, um, and those kind of things. And a lot of you did that tonight. And uh, so I, you know, kudos to you guys for uh, you know, stepping up and sharing what God laid on your heart and what what you've been going through and what you faced, but what God's brought you through. And that's that was really the uh, the theme, I guess, of the night. Is you know we we've all been through stuff. We've all got different stories, and you know we've we've all come from different places in our lives. But uh, there's there's one there's one thing that that binds us all together is the body of the Christ, and that is uh, Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ and the way that he's delivered us and brought us through and uh, just been with us uh, through everything that we've been through. So thank you uh, so much again for being here and being part of this service. I hope it was a blessing to you. Uh, I know it was a blessing to me. And uh, uh, before we uh, close out of the service, I'm going to invite Pastor to come up uh, and uh, speak a few words and go ahead and close us out tonight. Thank you, son. Appreciate it. Amen. Hello. Yeah, we certainly will. We certainly will. Brother Chris, we'll get you, son. Yes, sir. Praise God. I learned one thing out of the service tonight. Bring two handkerchiefs. I just about got this one soaking wet. Amen. For the tears that I've been. I'd like to say something real quick. It won't take me just a minute here. Hey, man, uh, I believe it is if I got it right. And Sister Linda and Brother Rufus can verify it if I don't have it right. About nine years and five months ago. Hey, man. Somebody told me, Sister Raymer, my pastor, she was my pastor, Sister Raymer was, hey man, and we weren't going here at the time, but I could still consider her to be my pastor, said she wanted to talk to me. And uh, we were teaching, we had accepted a job at First Assembly in Bangmanette. We were teaching Sunday school. I was, Brenda would do the craft work and I would do the teaching. And I would uh, do the teaching down there, then I would leave there uh, after I got through teaching, I'd come here and preach the second hour for the church here. And uh, I went and talked with Sister Raymer, and, uh, and we had no idea. And Sister Raymer said, uh, I can't do it anymore. I said, would you? And uh, the church really needs you and Sister Brenda down there. And uh, Brother Rufus was here. Sister Linda was here. Sister Betty, Brother Bruce was here. And Brother Bruce and I had been talking uh, uh, about it. And Sister Meany was here. There wasn't about five or six here, something like that, or a little more. Amen. And so I had no idea that we were going to be the pastor of the church. We we're going to take the, take the pastor job. We've been offered uh, jobs at Assemblies of God, Church of Gods, and Baptists. I was even offered a job at the Mennonite, the, 
at the Mennonite church, become pastor of the Mennonite church. Amen. Man come over one night, I filled in for, we'd filled in for a lot of, we'd, uh, I filled in for him and he come over one night, he was, when he come home, I, and I had me a jar of jelly and a hundred dollar bill and asked me would I, would I consider taking the job because he was getting too old to do it and, and I told him I'd pray about it, but I, I didn't feel led to do it, didn't feel led to go into the church of God, didn't feel led to go into the assembly of God, didn't feel led to go in the Baptist neither. Hey Amen. I was just waiting my turn, basically waiting uh, our turn. And then God uh, moved miraculously for us. And then we come here. I told Brent, I said, I feel like we need to, we need to uh, uh, go and help uh, the church. I believe the church needs our help. And Brent and I, we didn't, we, we, it wasn't in our agenda to become pastors. Amen. But uh, Brent has stuck with me. She's been my side. She's been right there with me. Been a great encouragement, and uh, and uh, we, we here we we come home, and I never forget that night. Uh, it might have been that night or that evening. Uh, Brother Tony and Sister Times, I think I think they were going to send me of God too. I believe you were. Hey man, and uh, Brenda was talking to Tap Tap. I think it called Brenda, and they've been praying about the situation, and uh, I've been praying about. It. Uh, uh, coming and helping uh, Sister Brenda and myself. And so uh, Brenda was on the phone with her and, and, uh, and tapped the told her mama that they were planning coming to help us. <laughs> and I think she asked her mom, said, where's daddy at at this time? And Brenda uh, told you, he's on the couch over there bawling like a baby. <laughs> but I was rejoicing. Those were tears of joy. Amen. We, we were stepping into a big position here. Amen. And we really needed help, you know. And I know the Brother Rufus, he stood beside me, Sister Linda, Sister Betty, Brother Bruce was there, Sister Meany. All of them was right there for me when we come in. Amen. They come on, helped us. Then they come, Trina, Kevin, rest of my family, all that, and rest of you, Brother Alden, all come in. In church, amen, we're together here. God has put us together right here. Amen. Got a great sister to pastor, got a great sister to pastor, Brother Tony. Amen. Him and I talk, when we, something comes up, we always talk about it before he even, he always approaches me before he even makes, he even says yes or no about a situation. And we, we've been in full agreement. God has put us together. God has put you with us here. Let's continue to, to, to stand for God. I mean, praise God. We got a beautiful church. We got a beautiful place of worship. We got a beautiful spirit in this church. Amen. The spirit of God is in this church, Brother Chris. Amen. And I'd like to say thank you. Uh, amen. And uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry about nothing about this situation. I'm like old Harrison Steve said, you don't have to have a board to get rid of me. I'll know when God's through with me here. Amen. I, I, I'll be, God's through with me. I'll, I'll pass it right on down. I got a good stand right, stand right behind me right here. But until, as of now, God has put us here to all work together. As far as I'm concerned, there is no big eyes, a little use in this church. We all working together. We all working to make heaven our home. Praise God. And this here, I'd like to say tonight how many churches, how many pastors, assistant pastors will step down and sit back and let you have the mic or let you have the service. You ain't got very many of them in our land today.
that will do that. Amen. Amen. It's them and only them. But it's not like that around here. Praise God. We're here. We're in this together. I want to hear your testimony. I want to hear you lift up Jesus. I want to hear what God has done for you uh, down back down through the years. I want to hear how God saved you, sanctified you, and filled you with His Spirit. Amen. I want to hear, amen, uh, oh my, my, what God has done done for you in the past, what He's doing for you right now in the present, and what you're looking for Him to do for you in the future. I want to hear that. Amen. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with this. It's just 9 o'clock. Good movie lasts more than two hours, don't it? Amen. It ain't going to hurt for us to come to the house of God and worship God for a while. It's going to get to the point, church. Amen. We're going to want to come to the house of God. We're going to want to stay in the house of God. And we're going to want to worship God. Amen. And not get in no hurry to go home. But I love you tonight. Thank God for you tonight. Appreciate you coming out to the house of God tonight. Praise God. Brother Tony, let's anoint Brother... uh, We sing praises to your worship with her. Amen. If you know the words of this song, sing it along. Amen. If not, just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for this night, God. Thank you for the testimonies, God. God, we lift up praises, God, to you tonight. That's what it's all about. praises to your name.
God, we know, God, with the spirit we feel it's in this place, God, tonight. We ask you, Lord Jesus, God, just to help us be with us, strengthen us. God, as we leave out of this place, Lord, tonight, God, I ask you to go with every heart and every life. God, keep us safe on the way home. God, we know there's storms out there in the Gulf of Mexico, God, and uh, uh, we pray for those that are in harm's way or in the path of these storms. God, we ask you, Lord, to keep us safe, Lord, as well, God, and uh, help us, God, to uh, to make it back to the next appointed time, God, whenever that will be. God, we ask you, Lord, to give us the direction and the guidance to make the right decision about Wednesday night, God, as well, but we ask for your protection, God, through these storms in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not going to dismiss service any other way tonight. Amen. I believe we've had a good one tonight. Amen. Be, be blessed. Be encouraged. Amen. And again, we'll let you know about Wednesday night. We'll see how things go uh, the next day or so. We'll let you know about service Wednesday night. If we don't see you Wednesday night, amen, look forward to seeing you next Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us. Please feel free to share comments, prayer requests, or praise reports. Check back soon for additional episodes.